The Historic New Orleans Collection is celebrating the voices of black activists as it launches the virtual 25th Williams Research Center Symposium. Recovered Voices, Black Activism in New Orleans from Reconstruction to the Present Day explores the origins and legacies of black activism in the Crescent City as featured in three new Historic New Orleans Collection publications. Jessica Dorman is Director of Publications and Student Education with the Historic New Orleans Collection, and she joins us now by phone. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Diane. It's good to be here. Little known stories of radical black activism in 19th century New Orleans come to light in these publications by the Historic New Orleans Collection. What are the three works that set the stage for this symposium? The three books, all of which are being released this year. The first is Afro-Creole Poetry in French, which is a collection of poems originally published in African-American newspapers in the 19th century, and those have been translated by Clint Bruce, a scholar based in Nova Scotia. Uh, The second of the books is Monumental, Oscar Dunn and his radical fight in Reconstruction, Louisiana, which is a graphic novel, graphic history by Brian Mitchell, illustrated by Barrington S. Edwards. Um, And then the third in the trio is Economy Hall, which is a wonderful saga telling the story of the Economy Society, based here in New Orleans, founded in 1836, and that is by Fatima Sheikh, a scholar who grew up in New Orleans and based now in New York. How were these voices recovered to bring about these new works? It's a sort of interesting layer upon layer of recovery. I think most important, we want to emphasize that that each of these three books in very different ways is told by and told through the actors who lived their life and established a framework for Black activism here in New Orleans. So whether we're talking about a politician like Oscar Dunn, who was America's first elected lieutenant governor and really the first Black acting governor in the history of this country. His voice and his life comes to life in this book. The poets who themselves were writing in newspapers, publishing their work, working in conversation with each other and the community in the 1860s, their voices come through and the voices of the members of the Economy Society through the meeting notes and the work that they did for suffrage, for civil rights, it's their voices, but they are recovered by the, the wonderful scholars that are publishing these books with the Historic New Orleans Collection. And I can't say enough about Brian Mitchell and Clint Bruce and Fatima Sheikh and the work they've done. So we talk in some of the books about seances and ways in, in which voices came through to the community in, in the 19th century. But I almost feel like the Historic New Orleans Collection is hosting a seance and, and working with these authors to bring true, authentic stories to life at that moment. Now, some of the conversations are in both French and English. Yes. Why is that? The black community in New Orleans in the 19th century was not monolithic. The same is true today. Many of the people whose lives we profile in these books were themselves primarily French speakers. The tropes that they were using and the the style in which they were writing were greatly inspired by French romantic political ideas of the period. Clint Bruce has translated meticulously each of these works a similar work of translation was done by Fatima Sheikh in Economy Hall. 
and their meeting notes were exclusively written in French for generations up until the early 20th century. Fatima's father rescued these journals from the back of a a pickup truck. The books were going to be brought to the dump, and, and he rescued these materials in the 1950s. They stayed in the Sheikh household up until the 1990s when Fatima began to translate them. Can you tell us a little-known story of protest and activism during that time, during Reconstruction? What I'm going to tell you is about what happens when activism is forgotten. Years ago, in the build-up to the New Orleans Tricentennial, the Historic New Orleans Collection partnered with WWNO and with the Midlow Center at UNO to put on several years' worth of a wonderful local podcast called Tripod, New Orleans at 300. And at one point, we were looking for a way to think about the situation of the monuments, the controversy that was raging here in New Orleans. And my colleague Nick Weldon, an editor in our department, discovered a notice in the newspaper from the early 1870s saying that $10,000, and that's a lot of money, back in the 1870s, that $10,000 had been set aside to build a monument to Oscar Dunn. We knew that he had been a a politician, served in the state government, but his story was not as well known as it should have been. And Nick ended up speaking with WWNO on the Tripod Show, as did Brian Mitchell, who is a descendant of Oscar Dunn's. Brian through his research and through family stories, had known of his ancestors' achievements. But when Brian was a young boy in school in New Orleans, eight years old, he had mentioned Oscar Dunn's name in class. And his teacher said, no, 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 there was never a black lieutenant governor in in Louisiana. Don't be silly. And Brian held on to that. It inspired for him a career as a historian to make sure that similar stories would not be forgotten. And it came back to this story that Nick had found in a newspaper about a monument that was going to be built to Oscar Dunn after his untimely death in the 1870s. So so what happens when that monument isn't built? What happens when the activism of the Reconstruction era, a period of great hope and promise for Black men and women in the city, for politicians, for cultural change, for integrated schools, all of the activism and the activity that sort of set the stage for some of the great work that was done here over the century that follows. What happens when those lives and that work is forgotten? The book is titled Monumental because Brian Mitchell's life work has been to create monuments of a different sort to those men and women who worked in the 19th century to lay the groundwork for the struggles that are still ongoing today. What is the conversation you hope these works will spark today? A little opportunity to find some personal inspiration from the stories of our forebears, the very brave and fascinating New Orleanians who have, you know, given their all to make the world a better place. But then very important to us is that people then come together and talk and share ideas and and join a conversation with us. The world doesn't get better unless we can all talk together, and we really hope that our program, March 5th through 7th, gives an opportunity for true conversation, and we'll see what comes. Jessica Dorman, 
Director of Publications and Student Education with the Historic New Orleans Collection. Thanks so much. Thank you, Diane. The Historic New Orleans Collection launches the 25th Williams Research Center Symposium, Recovered Voices, Black Activism in New Orleans from Reconstruction to the Present Day, March 5th through 7th. More info on this virtual event can be found online at hnoc.org slash symposium dash 2021.